morning. And our presbytery met yesterday to consider our response in the passing of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. A statement has been agreed by our presbytery and it is to be read in all of our churches this morning. And I want to read that statement to you just now. It was with the deepest sadness on Thursday evening, the 8th of September 2022, that the ministers and ruling elders and members of the Free Presbyterian Church of Ulster learned of the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. As a church, we lament the passing of a monarch who ruled for over 70 years with dignity, wisdom, and diligence. We thank God for her exemplary personal public conduct as a monarch and for the stability that she brought to her nation over the seven decades of her illustrious reign. As a denomination, we express to the royal household our sincerest sympathy. Scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 2 commands the Christian church to pray for kings and for all that are in authority. Therefore, we will be interceding for Her Majesty's family, praying that the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort will impart to their hearts the true consolation of the grace of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. At her coronation service on June the 2nd, 1953, the moderator of the General Assembly of the Church of Scotland presented the new queen with a copy of the scriptures and said, Our gracious queen, to keep your majesty ever mindful of the law and the gospel of God as the rule for the whole life and government of Christian princes, we present you with this book, the most valuable thing that this world affords. It is still the Holy Bible that carries the infallible message of God for the royal family, our nation, and the entire commonwealth. True comfort in life and in death is found in Christ Jesus alone. The gospel declares, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It was also recommended by our presbytery that a minute's silence be held in honour of Her Majesty. I would therefore ask the congregation to stand that we would, uh, 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 we would adhere to that recommendation. As we stand, we pause in silence and then we'll remain standing for prayer.
our gracious God and our loving Heavenly Father, we do praise Thee that at this time of national mourning that we can draw nigh into Thy most holy presence. And we do thank Thee that Thou art the one who is sovereign. We do praise Thee that Thou art the one who is in control of all things. And we thank Thee, our Father, that we have this privilege and that the way is open for us that we can enter into thine immediate presence and we can come to thee in the attitude of prayer and that we can commune with thee and know that blessed fellowship with the Lord our God. And as we come, our Father, thou knowest the sorrow that has gripped our nation at this time and we would want to come to thee in thanksgiving even for the life of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. We do thank Thee, our Father, for the long life which Thou didst grant to her. And we do praise Thee, our Father, for the way in which she conducted herself in office as the head of state. We do return Thee thanks, our Father, for Thy hand upon our land and nation and for the many mercies that we have received even during these past 70 years of her reign. We thank thee, our Father, for the example that she has been even in office and for her faithfulness and for her dedication. And we would ask, O God, that thou wouldst receive of our thanks even for thy goodness to us as a land and nation. And truly we have a goodly heritage and we have a godly heritage even as we think, O God, in recent days of the constitution of our nation, as we think, O God, of how the gospel is enshrined into that constitution, we thank Thee for the message uh, that is there for all to see. And yet, O God, we lament the darkness and the blindness of our nation, and we pray that even at this time Thou wouldst be pleased, O God, to open up the eyes of the nation and that thou wouldst turn souls unto the Lord Jesus Christ. We remember our royal family at this time. We pray, O God, that thou wouldst enter into that royal household. Thou wouldst be pleased, O God, to comfort hearts at this time of loss. But even our Father, through the gospel, thou wouldst bring that needed comfort and that consolation and all oh, we pray that each one, O oh God, would enter in to the blessed hope of the gospel of Christ. And we do ask our Father for our new King. Uh, we do thank Thee for King Charles III. And we ask, O oh God, as he enters into office, that Thou wouldst be pleased, O oh God, to bring the truth of the gospel to him, that, Lord, it will not just be a form of words, but that he might become uh, the true defender of the true faith and that thou wouldst be pleased, O God, that under his reign that the blessing of the Lord would even come in a greater way to our land and nation and to further afield. And, O Father, that thou wouldst use this land even as a bastion for the truth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and that the message, O God, as in times past, would go forth from these shores. We do thank our Father 
of such a critical time uh, for our land and nation with a new king and with a new prime minister and with all of the challenges that would present themselves in this day and in this generation. And, O Lord, we pray that as we come to thee, the Lord God of heaven, the King of glory, that thou wouldst hear our humble cry. And, O Lord, thou wouldst look favorably even upon us in these days. Draw us out after thee through the great message of the gospel of Christ. And even today, our Father, help us to realize that great truth of the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Help us to praise thee for the sacrifice of thy Son upon the cross of Calvary. And to praise thee, our Father, for the knowledge of sins forgiven and for that blessed hope, that great prospect within the hearts of thy children that one day we shall be with our Lord and Saviour. Even in these days, O God, speak to hearts, most especially the unconverted. And, O Lord, teach them, we pray, that even the brevity of life, and grant our Father that they might know that in the midst of life we are in death, and that we know not what a day may bring forth, and that each one would prepare, and each one would be ready to meet the Lord. So, Father, hear our prayer, receive of our thanks, and abide with us now. We ask it in the Saviour's great name. Amen. Amen. We're going to turn together in God's precious word for our scripture reading. And we're turning to 1 Kings and the chapter 2. 1 Kings and the chapter 2. We're going to read a portion from this chapter together, commencing at verse 1. First Kings, the chapter 2 and the verse 1. Now the days of David drew nigh that he should die. And he charged Solomon his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong, therefore, and show thyself a man. And keep the charge of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest, and whithersoever thou turnest thyself, that the Lord may continue his word which he spake concerning me, saying, If thy children take heed to their way, to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, there shall not fail thee, said he, a man on the throne of Israel. Moreover, thou knowest also what Joab, the son of Zeruiah, did to me, and what he did to the two captains of the hosts of Israel, unto Abner, the son of Ner, and unto Amasa, the son of Jether, whom he slew and shed the blood of war in peace, and put the blood of war upon his girdle 
that was about his loins and in his shoes that were on his feet. Do therefore according to thy wisdom and let not his hoar head go down to the grave in peace. But show kindness unto the sons of Barzillai the Gileadite and let them be of those that eat at thy table. For so they came to me when I fled because of Absalom thy brother. And behold, thou hast with thee Shimei, the son of Gera, a Benjaminite of Behurim, which cursed me with a grievous curse in the day when I went to Mahanaim. But he came down to meet me at Jordan, and I swear to him by the Lord, saying, I will not put thee to death with the sword. Now therefore hold him not guiltless, for thou art a wise man, and knowest what thou oughtest to do unto him. But his whore head bring thou down to the grave with blood. So David slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. And the days that David reigned over Israel were forty years Seven years reigned he in Hebron, and thirty and three years reigned he in Jerusalem. Then sat Solomon upon the throne of David his father, and his kingdom was established greatly. Amen. We'll end our reading there at verse 12. And may the Lord add his own blessing to this public reading from his own precious and infallible word. I would like to give everyone a warm welcome uh, to our service this morning, and we do especially welcome any who are visiting with us here today. We're glad to see you in the Lord's name, and we trust that the Lord will bless you if you're visiting with us. Also to those who are joining us online, we're grateful for our online viewers, and again we trust the Lord will meet with you as you fellowship with us here in Hillsborough this morning. Our evening gospel meeting is tonight at 7 p.m. And we encourage everyone to come along tonight, if at all possible. And do remember the season of prayer, 6.30 p.m., preceding our gospel meeting. This past couple of Lord's Days, we have come to consider Calvary. And we want to do that again this evening. And tonight we're coming to the sign at Calvary that sign that was above the head of the Savior. So do join us in the gospel and do encourage others to come along. Tuesday night is our midweek meeting and that's at 8 p.m. here in God's house. Then on Thursday evening, a meeting of our church session. The session could note that meeting for Thursday night at 8 p.m. as well. And then on Friday morning, our tiny treasures meet from 9.30 a.m. onwards. And then our youth fellowship having their first meeting back uh, as the youth fellowship on Friday evening at 8 p.m. Uh, we did have the Youth Council National Rally on Friday night past. And there were over 500 young people uh, gathered into the church here. We're grateful to the Lord for that. And we do thank those who helped in any way uh, with Friday evening.
Next Lord's Day at 10.15, our Sabbath school and Bible class, and then our times of public worship each Lord's Day, 11.30 a.m. and 7 p.m., and proceeded again with the half hour of prayer. If I could mention the ladies' trip uh, that has been organized for Saturday, the 24th of September. Uh, There are sheets available giving full details of the ladies' trip. And there's also a menu on the sheet, and you need to fill that in and return it. And we have requested that you could do that as soon as possible. And so there's a box on the table in the hallway today, and we would ask you please for your cooperation. We do need to know numbers for transport. We need to know numbers for the catering. And if you could respond as soon as possible, that would be deeply appreciated. Our presbytery is also holding a graduation and commencement service for the Whitfield College of the Bible. That's taking place tomorrow night in our Ballymena Church, and it's at 8 p.m. Everyone is welcome, and the moderator, the Reverend John Armstrong, will be the preacher. Amen. And we're turning together in God's Word to the portion of Scripture that we have read together. That's 1 Kings and the chapter 2. Just as you're turning up the portion in 1 Kings chapter 2, I do see the new Mr. and Mrs. Martin uh, joining our service for the first time as husband and wife. And so we welcome them uh, to our service this morning and trust the Lord will bless them in married life together. 1 Kings chapter 2 And given the circumstances and the situation that prevails in our land at this time, uh, the Lord drew me to consider this portion of Scripture. And just those opening two verses would really set the scene. It says, Now the days of David drew nigh that he should die. And he charged Solomon his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong, therefore, and show thyself a man. And what we read off in these verses is the death of a monarch. The death of a monarch. Let's just unite together and ask the Lord for help in the ministry of his word. Our gracious God and our loving Father, again we do praise thee that we have thy word to turn to. And we thank thee, our Father, there is a word for every situation. We praise thee that even at this time, Lord, when the nation would mourn, that we can turn to thee and we can turn to thy word for guidance. And we pray, our Father, that thou wouldst speak to hearts and thou wouldst draw us out after thyself and help us each one, our Father, to live with eternity's values in view and to realize that there is but a step between us and death. Father, hear our prayer and close us in now to thee. We ask these things for Jesus' sake. Amen. It was just a few months back at the beginning of June this year when we marked the platinum jubilee of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. She has reigned longer than any other monarch, reigning for over 70 years, from 1952 through to 2020.
22. We would, of course, want to give thanks to God for her long life, and we give thanks to God for her long reign. And also, as her statement from Presbytery indicated, the way she has conducted herself in office with great dignity and with great devotion as the head of state. She has certainly displayed a life of service to our country, faithful service. And in these past few days, reference has been made to a speech that she gave on her 21st birthday when she was Princess Elizabeth before she was Queen. And on her 21st birthday, that statement was broadcast and she stated, I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service. And we would have to say today that she has kept that word. She has honored that commitment and that declaration that she had made. And she was blessed by the Lord with a long life, 96 years of age, devoted service. And of course, it reminds us of that greater service. And it reminds us of that greater monarch. It reminds us of our Lord to whom every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Therefore, we would all want to pledge our allegiance afresh to Almighty God. And we would want to give such a declaration and a commitment that whether we live a long life or a short life, we would want to be found faithful to our Lord and Saviour. Our sympathy and our prayers are with the royal household. They have no doubt their private grief. And their grief is also played out publicly. The eyes of the world are very much upon them. And therefore we would want to bring them before the throne of grace in prayer. And to pray that the Lord would give them help and the Lord would give them grace. We pray, of course, for our new king, his majesty, King Charles III. Our nation is at a critical point. We have a new king, we have a new prime minister, and we have all of those challenges, yea, even crises that are there before us. Therefore, we need to look afresh to the Lord for his help, even for the future. In considering the death of the Queen, I was drawn to think about the passing of King David. And we've been reading about that in 1 Kings chapter 2 here. The passing of the monarch. And the Holy Spirit of God would come to dwell upon those details. And the Holy Spirit would come to linger upon that period of David's closing days and his last moments upon this earth. The Holy Spirit has included them in the word of God and therefore they are there for our admonition and they are there for our learning. And there are lessons that we can learn 
as we consider the death of the monarch here in 1 Kings chapter 2. As King David approached death, I want you to notice with me firstly David's confidence in death. When you look there in verse 2, he was speaking about his death and he said, I go the way of all the earth. I go the way of all the earth. It doesn't matter whether you're the monarch, whether you sit upon the throne, whether you're in the royal family, or whether you're just the ordinary individual. It's the way of all the earth. And as David speaks about it here, and he knows that he's in decline, he knows that his time is coming to an end, he knows that the sands of time are sinking, there's an acceptance of that by David. He says, I go. I go the way of all the earth. And he knows that his appointed time has come. He knows that his days were numbered. In fact, when you look at the opening words of this chapter, it refers to his days. It says, now the days of David drew nigh that he should die. And so he knows that his allotted time, he knows that his days are coming to an end. And he's able to speak about that with a calm acceptance of it and to say, I go, I know it. I go the way of all the earth. He's able to speak with something of a calm assurance there. He has a confidence in death. Days. His time on earth is measured in days. That's how the Bible refers to our time upon this earth. The book of Job, the chapter 14, and the opening verse of that chapter, it says, Man that is born of a woman is of few days and full of trouble. Just a few days. And so it doesn't matter how long you're upon this earth could be just a short time. It could be the three score and ten. It could be 80, maybe even into the 90s or beyond. But it's described in the Bible as just a few days in comparison. In the Psalm 90. That's a psalm written by Moses who lived to 120 years of age. And yet in the verse 12, he just refers to life in the measure of days. And he says, teach us to number our days. We're only here upon this earth for a number of days. In First Chronicles and the chapter 29, that's a chapter that also refers to the death of David. And in First Chronicles chapter 29 and the verse 28, we read these words. And he died in a good old age, full of days, riches and honor. And Solomon, his son, reigned in his stead. Whenever it came to the death of David, it's described there as one who was full of days. In other words, his days are now complete his days have now come to an end. The appointed time that the Lord has given, it's over. 
It's interesting to note that when it came to the death of Jacob, these also referred to as Israel. In Genesis chapter 47, and there in the verse 28, And Jacob lived in the land of Egypt seventeen years, so the whole age of Jacob was an hundred forty and seven years, and the time drew nigh that Israel must die. 147 years, and yet it says, but the time drew nigh. We're going down the valley one by one with our faces towards the setting of life's sun. And so when it speaks about Jacob, it says the time drew nigh that he must die. In other words, there's that appointed time, there's the allotted number of days, and when it comes to the end of that, we must die. There's no getting around that. Our days are not determined by our healthy lifestyle. It's good to live a healthy lifestyle. It's good to look after the temple of the Lord, the body that the Lord has given to us, but healthy living does not determine your number of days. The skill of doctors, while we're thankful for all of our medics, but the skill of doctors or the progress of modern medicine does not determine your number of days. Our days are divinely appointed. Our days are divinely ordained. When it comes to Jacob... The time drew nigh that he must die. And when it comes to King David, there in our Bible reading those opening words, now the days of David drew nigh that he should die. And there on Thursday past, the 8th of September, late into the afternoon, the time came. The appointed time, the allotted days when Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II must die. And I say to you today, that time will come for you. And that time will come for me. The only change to that would be if the Lord was to come first. And so as David faces that prospect, he says, I go the way of all the earth. And he could speak about death with that confidence. He could speak about it without fear. Remember, he's the one who penned Psalm 23. And now as the days of David draw nigh that he's going to die, Psalm 23 is going to become so real. And it's going to become so relevant. It was the queen's favorite psalm. Maybe it's your favorite psalm. You love to read it and you love to go over its truths, but when it comes to the time when you have to leave this earth, it'll become all the more relevant and it'll become all the more precious to you. And can you say from your heart with the psalmist David, yea, an acceptance, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. My, those four words at the end are so important. They're the key. Thou art 
with me. To know the presence of the Lord when it comes to that time, my, what a wonderful difference that makes. No fear in death. David could say, I I go the way of all the earth. We know that when it came to the Apostle Paul and he was writing to Timothy and he spoke about his departure and he said the time. The time of my departure is at hand. That word that is used to describe uh, the time when the ship uh, will set sail from the harbor and it departs from the harbor at that allotted time. Paul said, the time of my departure is at hand. He could speak about it with confidence, without fear. When it comes to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, Those who were close to her spoke about her faith. And they spoke about her faith as something that was real to her. It was not just words, not just a formula of words that had been presented before her. They spoke about her real, personal, living faith. If her faith was there in the Lord Jesus Christ, then she could face death without fear and face death with confidence. I go the way of all the earth. But I want you to notice secondly from our portion of Scripture, not only David's confidence in death, but David's concern in death. You notice in verse 1 there that when that time came, it drew nigh that he should die. It says, he charged Solomon his son. And he brought this solemn charge to his son Solomon. And here is the father and he's nearing the point where he's going to leave this earth. And he wants to speak to his son and he wants to give his son a very solemn charge. And so David at this point in death, he does have a concern there. The father who's the king, as he departs he has a concern for his son. And therefore he gives his son this charge. And that charge indicates that he had a concern for his son and he had a concern for his family and he had a concern for the future that it would be without him. Verse 2, I go the way of all the earth. Here's what he said to his son. Be thou strong therefore and show thyself a man. He wanted his son in this situation to stand strong and to be courageous. And verse 3 will detail us there uh, what he wanted him to be strong and courageous in. He says, and keep the charge of the Lord thy God. To walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies as it is written in the law of Moses that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest and whithersoever thou turnest thyself. Can you see the concern that King David had in death? He had a concern for his son, that his son would walk in the ways of the Lord. Oh, he wanted his son to prosper, but it was a spiritual prosperity. 
He wanted his son to prosper in the things of God. And he's saying to him, Solomon, if you be faithful to the Lord and you keep the word of the Lord and you keep the law of the Lord and you walk in his ways, the Lord will not fail you. The Lord will bless you. The Lord will fulfill his promises to you. The Lord will meet your need. He wanted his son to prosper spiritually and so we know that he had a concern for his son. And also in Second Samuel in the chapter 23, there was in that chapter reference to the last words of David. In Second Samuel 23, they record the last official words of David. They weren't literally the last words of David, but the last official words the closing period of David's life. And in 2 Samuel 23 and the verse 5, he makes reference here to the everlasting covenant and the promise that the Lord had given to him concerning his house. And he says, Although my house be not so with God, yet he hath made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and sure. For this is all my salvation and all my desire, although he make it not to grow. The last words of David. What did those last words involve? The last words involved the charge to his son and the desire to see his son prosper spiritually. And yet as David speaks, 2 Samuel 23 and 5, David has to confess that his house, his whole house, is not right with the Lord. Although my house be not so with God. But he could use that little word yet. As he came to the point of his death, he had a concern that there were those within his household who were not right with God he says, yet, yet he hath made with me an everlasting covenant order in all things and sure. At the end of that verse, he was saying, although he make it not to grow, oh, he hadn't seen the fruit of it at that particular time, but at his death, he's holding on to the promises that the Lord has given him. And that in the future, the Lord would command the blessing. Even in the absence of King David, the Lord would move within his family. And the blessing of the Lord would come upon the land and upon the nation. You could trace it out for yourself that David not only charged his son Solomon, but David would charge uh, the princes of Israel, he would charge the priests of Israel, he would charge the officers of the nation. And it indicates to us that there was that deep concern within the heart of David for the honor of the Lord in the future, for the glory of the Lord in the future, that concern that the Lord would bless in the future. Prosper his family spiritually and prosper the whole land and nation spiritually. That was David's concern. Maybe there are those today 
even as parents who would share that concern that David had. Those within the household that are not right with God. And yet you can come before the Lord and claim his promise. And that the Lord in the future will yet intervene within your family circle. And that household would be united in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm sure when it came to Her Majesty the Queen and her passing. She no doubt had concerns for her family. There's no question she would have had concerns for the future of her family. And we who are parents, we can understand that. And so when it came to David, the monarch's death... David's confidence in death, David's concern in death, but finally, David's consolation in death. And what was his consolation? Well, it is given to us perhaps best in the Psalm 17, in the very last verse of that psalm. And here it's called the prayer of David. And in Psalm 17 and the verse 15, here's what David said, As for me... I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. You see the consolation that David had when it came to the hour of his death. He said, I will behold thy face in righteousness. Oh, he had that certainty within his heart that was an anchor for his soul that he would see the face of his Lord and Savior. The hymn writer said, only faintly now we see him with a darkling veil between, but a blessed day is coming when his glory shall be seen. John tells us that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Revelation 22 and the verse 4, it's speaking about the redeemed of the Lord. And it says, they shall see his face. That's what David had by way of consolation. That when my life on earth is run, when my days finally come to an end, I will behold his face in righteousness. And we've spoken even last Lord's Day about that righteousness. A righteousness that is not our own, for all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. But it's the righteousness of our Lord and Savior, his perfect righteousness, that he credits to our account as if we're robed in his perfect righteousness. That's how we'll see the face of the Savior. David said, not only will I behold his face in righteousness, but I shall be satisfied. I shall be satisfied when I awake with his likeness. The believer closes their eyes in death, but they open their eyes in the presence of their Lord and Savior. And they will see his face and they will be satisfied. Romans chapter 8, the apostle Paul speaks of the glory 
And he says, the glory that shall be revealed in us. And what a blessed hope that is. And it's a hope that is sure. It's a hope that is steadfast. It's a hope that is certain. And the psalmist David had that great hope. Over in the New Testament, Acts chapter 13 and the verse 36. It says there, For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep and was laid on to his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised again saw no corruption. There's an epitaph really in the New Testament given of David. And it says, after he had served his own generation by the will of God. And that's what David did and he served faithfully. We could say it of our dear departed queen. She served her own generation. And she served her own generation faithfully. And so we think today of the death of the monarch. But that would bring us, of course, irresistibly to think of the death of the greater monarch. The one who is the king of kings. Our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ and he's the one who came into this world and he's the one who has stepped from his throne of glory to come into this world and he went the whole way to Calvary and there he was crucified and he gave his life's blood in order to redeem us, in order to save our souls. Thank God he has risen from the grave. He's ascended into heaven, the highest place that heaven affords is his by sovereign right. He's on the throne of glory. The throne of the Lord is a throne that is forever, the everlasting throne of the King who is eternal. I ask you today as we come to the close of our service, Have you been adopted into the royal family? Because that's what happens when you come to put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. To as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. Though to be saved today and to be ready, we know not We know not what a day may bring forth. It doesn't matter if you're a monarch, you're a king or a queen. It doesn't matter if you're a president or a prime minister. It doesn't matter if you're that ordinary individual. We all have a soul that has been given by the Lord. And one day that soul will be required of us. And we will go the way of all the earth. May we each know that consolation, that blessed hope that our faith and our trust is in the Lord. Let's unite together in a closing word of prayer. Our gracious God and our loving Father, we do thank thee for thy precious word. 
And we pray, O God, that even as thoughts at this time would consider the death of the monarch, that we might think, O God, afresh of that substitutionary death of our Lord and Saviour, and all that we might realize that he died to purchase our salvation, and all that each one, our Father, this day would know what it is to accept thee as their Lord and Saviour, They would repent of their sin. They would trust in Christ. They would know the cleansing power of his precious blood. And oh, none would leave this meeting house today without knowing that they're ready and they're prepared to meet the Lord. And now on to him who alone is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Saviour, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. We ask it in the Saviour's great name. Amen.